Welcome to the Ozark United Methodist Church Companion Podcast for Thursday, August the 20th. My name is Joey Mills, and joining me today, I've got... Mike Randall. Jacob Schneider. And Brad Tummins. And this week, we are wrapping up our look at the Old Testament book of Nehemiah and how we rebuild as a church after the events of the past few months, five months or so. Before we get into last week's service, uh, last week's sermon in particular, let's begin with a moment of prayer. Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for the fact that we can come together and have conversation about your word. Lord, I pray that this would be meaningful and that the Holy Spirit would guide us and direct us and be in all conversations. In your name, amen. 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 So let's dive into the wrap-up on our sermon series regarding Nehemiah. Um, we talked the first couple of weeks about, you know, dreaming big. We talked about how the the walls were rebuilt using who was there, basically. Um, and then this week we talked about once the physical rebuilding of the walls were done, the real work began of rebuilding God's people. Is there anything in particular that jumped out at you? Uh, anything that you took away? Anything that you caught or heard maybe differently or uh, stirred some thoughts or discussion? So, I mean, I I am continually, I, I don't know, I've been continually thinking about this the last few weeks, just Nehemiah as a whole. And just that shift from, and the book of Ezra does the same thing, by the way. It's the same form, everything. Um, but just that shift from, you know, the the task at hand, the doing, you know, to the working on the aspect of faithfulness. And I think when you compare that books, uh, particularly letters of Paul, uh, it, it's it's almost like the opposite effects. Like the focus is on Christ, who Christ is, and Christ being, um, and then that shifting to then okay, this is how you're supposed to be. This is who you're supposed to be as the church, given who Christ is and all Christ has done. Um, so I, I just keep latching onto that being and doing, um, and. You know, our being informs our doing, but our doing also informs our being. And I think Nehemiah is kind of a lesson in that. It's kind of this this circular thing. And and we often wonder, you know, well, where do we jump on this Christianity stuff, This the, the Christianity train? You know, it's a uh, train that's moving and keeps on moving. How Where do we jump on? How do we get going? If we want to dig deeper, do I, you know, have to sit in a dark room and soak up everything that God is, or do I just jump in and start doing stuff? And, and the answer is yes. I think, um, I think no matter where we jump on, you know, where that, that doing, if we, you know, some people jump on and kind of missional, um, ministries and I was kind of that way and that informed, you know, who I, was to be and who I am becoming and all of that. And, but it, it, it's just this continual growth, this um, spiral upwards, I guess, if you will, of being and doing and doing and forming, being and being and forming, doing, and um, it just keeps going and going. So that, that just struck me. And then of course, you know, specifically talking about holiness, 
and what holiness really consists of. What is it? Um, so yeah, we we like to we we make it something or think it's something that it's not. So. Yeah, I think the thing that, you know, like you said, it's both being and doing. And I think a lot of times it's easier for us to do than it is to be because we know how to do. We know how to set out a, a goal and we know how to put in the physical work and the labor to accomplish that goal. Um, but yeah, with Christianity, it's, you know, yes, there's a goal, but it's really open-ended how we get there. If you're going to, for example, hang the camera in the sanctuary, it's pretty basic. You, you got only a couple of ways to do this. You know what the outcome needs to be. So it's not hard to figure out what you have to do. But, you know, with Christianity there, you know, there, if there's 7 billion people on the planet, there's 7 billion different ways to, you know, achieve that holiness. And so, it, you know, every path is different. So I think it's because we don't know, sometimes we just do the the physical labor and we try to do the good tasks and the good things you know it's easy to volunteer here or to help with this um but yeah it's got to be both Uh, again the once the wall was complete then the work started and so for a lot of us i think once once that job once that mission uh field mission trip mission whatever the whatever work we're doing is done we still have the hard work to do of the introspective work of, you know, figuring this out. And I think the other thing I took from this, and it's not something that was stated in the service, um, but it's something that for whatever reason has rattled around in my head throughout the week afterwards is that a lot of times we tend to build up the kingdom that is to come in all of its fullness. And we, think about it in terms, you know, of, you know, of its greatness. But a lot of times that requires what we think the kingdom is requires us to completely be different from what we're doing currently. You know, it, if we are to be active participants in building the kingdom, then it's time for us to start doing the things that we think the kingdom is going to do and be. Um, If that's what we're building, then, why are we continuing to build other things that won't stand? <laughs> you know, why are we putting our energy and our time and our resources and you know our attention on things that uh, ultimately don't matter or are going to pass away or in direct contradiction of what we think the kingdom is and in, in, in you know contradiction of what it is that we think we're supposed to be doing as Christians? So that's the other thing that you know from the it, yes it's related to the service no it wasn't directly from the scripture or from the sermon but i think it ties together as far as if we're rebuilding we need to be rebuilding you know in the image of or towards what we think the kingdom is not doing you know spinning our wheels or throwing resources at things that that are either at best have nothing to do with the kingdom or at worst are in direct stand in direct opposition of what it is we think the kingdom is supposed to be I think you hit on something there, Joey, talking about the wall, you know, the doing versus the being with that, you know, doing is very simple, mm-hmm. you know, building the wall is the easy thing, but being something, being something is much harder to do because it, it requires, it requires number one, you to be able to look internally, you know, and take the word of God, take, you know, and take those that are mentors and give you counsel in life and, 
that God's placed over you to speak into your life, to look at those things and to deal with those things that are difficult. And it's, that's hard, you know, it is, but that's where the fruit is. That's where the the beauty of this Christian walk comes out. And you know I mean, and, and I think we have it so wrong here in the Western world. You know what I mean? That we do and we do and we do ministry and we serve and we serve and we serve, but we don't take care of what's on the inside. And then we wonder why we get burnt out. We get tired. We, um, we blame God. We, we, we end up hating Christianity. You know what I mean? Um, you say we're okay with God, but yet we hate Christianity and religion that goes along with that. Whereas if we had done it the opposite way and focused on the inside and allowed God to do those hard things in our life and us to work through those problems that are hard and to have godly counsel in our life and work on that. Um, and then the doing, and that's just going to be, that's an outflow of what God's doing on the inside. You know what I mean? And it becomes easier, number one. And then we also have a, we have a balance. You know what I mean? We're not overextending ourselves. It's a, uh, it's funny. I mean, we kind of, we've been hitting on the being part. The one, I don't know if it was just a phrase from the, from the sermon that really stuck out to me, but it was the whole whitewashed tombs, right? And it really kind of stuck with me a lot and kind of made me, has caused me to kind of, you know, is, you know, trying to evaluate the things that I'm doing and how I am. Am, am I a whitewashed tomb, you know, is, is the life that I've got right now, uh, uh, you know, uh, a whitewashed tomb. And, you know, and so it's been one of those things that I've just really been kind of thinking a lot about as I was kind of preparing for this, me preparing for this podcast and, you know, just kind of stepping back and, and thinking about that. And even this morning I was thinking about it. And then, you know, the, on the, the flip side of it, you know, it's funny because my Amazon music feed came up and there was this elevation worship song, uh, Graves into Gardens, which just really kind of, you know, I don't know if you guys have heard that song or not, but really just the, the, the chorus of it just kind of, you know, it's all about the remaking and the redemption that, you know, you have through Jesus and what he can do. He can turn graves into gardens. He can turn bones into armies. You know, it's the, it's the going from the doing into the being. And that's accomplished through, through Jesus and through your, I mean, through, through that faith. And, you know, that was just something, you know, as I kind of look at where we're at as a society today, where I'm at personally, where we're at as a church, I was like, are we a bunch of whitewashed tombs or are we really focused on the, the love part, the part that turns graves into gardens, you know? And so, I don't know, that was just something I, I it was one of those, Hey, that's, that's, that's a God moment there just with, by how, how my, I mean, how my shuffle on Amazon music came up today. Cause that was what I was thinking about. So I just thought that, Hey, I thought that was completely relevant with what we were talking about. And I thought it was super cool. So, yeah. well, Brad, I, th I think you hit on, you know, the love part of it, you know, being core, being central to what holiness is. But I, I, as I was giving that sermon, I was I was painfully aware that 
people were probably sitting there wondering to themselves, so is it okay that I drink a beer every once in a while? Like, you know, can I, you know, uh, sometimes I cuss a little bit. Um, and, the, you know, having that checklist going through their minds. And I, and I think, so That I'm just curious in your experience of, you know, holiness and what you've learned about holiness or how it's been taught to you in your life. What, what's your experience with that? Well, my experience as a, in a Baptist upbringing would have frowned upon the drinking of beer or, or whatever. And, 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 you know, to me, I, I don't, you know, I don't drink to get drunk, you know, but occasionally you have a beer, you do that kind of thing. And I, I don't know when it doesn't, when you're not, when that doesn't become the focus of what your, your trying, mean, you know, of your life, then I don't think it's that big a deal. I don't think that it makes you unholy if that makes sense, but it's, it's, you know, if, uh, if, if we think that, wine and the wineskins that Jesus talks about is grape juice. I think we're probably being a bit naive. Uh, so, <laughs> but you know, it's, it's, it's the, it's kind of the motivation behind some of those things. Hey, I, I cuss sometimes. Yeah, I get it. Yeah. Is that the right? Could I've said 50 other things? Yeah. Is that the first thing that popped in my head? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Are you, uh, I mean, uh, eternal damnation in front of you for doing it. No, there's a lot bigger. It's not, it's not a salvation issue. Let's put it that way, I guess. Yeah. I would echo some of that. Also growing up Baptist in the seventies, eighties and nineties, it was definitely the, uh, purity culture, the, you know, the footloose, you know, the preacher that doesn't want dancing in his town. It was all very much the same. It was, it was a checklist, um, that, you know, you, what you did reflected who you were. Um, I, I have some coworkers and friends who are Jewish who um, are very you know strict with their their laws, and they will tell you if you give if you give a Jewish person enough laws, we're really smart, and we've had a long time to do this. We're going to find a way to you know the letter of the law. Yes, we did it. But we found the all the shortcuts, all the ways in and out of this to make sure that we dotted our I's, crossed our T's, and just did it because we did it. And that's how I think a lot of us approach, you know, that checklist Christianity of yes, I I, I did not have a drink today, but I also did this. This you know, we we kind of you know, we we prioritize some trivial things sometimes. I think um, I like a. I like a well-delivered curse word. <laughs> if it's colorful and it's de- delivered with passion, I'm all for it. You know, we have kids that read above their reading, their grade level, and, you know, we don't hold back because this is how people speak and this is how people act. And so you need to be aware of this. And we can talk about, you know, what does it mean when people act this way or say these things? Is it, you know... You know, so I think that, yeah, we, I, th- I think a lot of times we put so much emphasis on those checklist things. And, you know, I had my great grandmother, um, she passed away when she was in her nineties, but she was, you know, oh, sugar, 
we knew what she meant when she said, oh, sugar. <laughs> but, she, you know, something, you know, bad happened. You know, she stubs her toe. Oh, sugar. Well, go ahead and, you know, tell us what you really – it's it's not the words you're using. It's, you know, and not even that. It, it, oh, sugar when you stub your toe is one thing. Oh, sugar when somebody cuts you off in traffic is something completely different. So, you know, we, we understand it's not the words. It's not, you know, the those things. It's not, you know, the – dancing it's not you know it's not all though the drinking it's it's you know it's the intent it's, it's the intent it's, it's even it's not it. even the intent it's not even the intent it is the is that what's in your heart <laughs> is you know at that moment yes i got cut off in traffic and that's what came out of my mouth because that's what was you know so what do you do with that you know that's to me more important you know i will you know i i'm more concerned with not that you've failed the checklist, um, but that what you did <laughs> when you failed and you felt like, okay, this is impacting my relationship with God or with the people around me or whatever that is. So I, you know, I think a lot of times the checklist, like we talked about, the doing is easier. It's easy to have a checklist because at the end of the day, I can say I was a good Christian because I did this, did this, did this, and didn't do this, didn't do this, didn't do this. Um, but, you know, I, I think we all have known people who are good at checking checklists, but kind of miss yeah. the big picture. <laughs> yeah. It's a, uh, Hey, look guys, 10 commandments. I only broke nine. I didn't break nine of them today. Well, that's really not the, not really the point, man. You're, or I kept you know, all 10. Just, I didn't murder anybody today. I kept all 10 commandments. Great. <laughs> but you're also a jerk. Job. Yeah. But you also did this and this impacted your relationship with other people because of the way you, you know, did things. So yeah, it's 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 even beyond intent. It's because it, intent is intentional. It's deliberate. It it's the, you know, it's who you really are when the masks and the gloves come off and your 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 true self comes out, I think. Well, and I, yeah, I, I'm, I'm totally, this is totally the direction I was thinking this whole week, but, you know, um, we all draw those boundaries, you know, either personally or, you know, in different church traditions, we draw different boundaries and some things are acceptable. Some things are not. Um, I, I grew up, you know, hearing that, well, you know, Baptists can gamble, but they can't drink. Methodists can drink, but they can't gamble. You know, it's just these absurd, um, whatever. But I think about that, you know, in a broader cultural scale, societal scale. Um, and we're seeing it now. People have drawn those boundaries of what is acceptable and what is not in their own, you know, people groups, however they identify. And, and I just think, you know, when it comes, when it comes to Christ, you know, there, his boundaries were loving God loving other people. I mean, that's kind of it. And, you know, everything else falls underneath those, but why, why can't we just get away from the legalism and the accompanying judgmentalism and, you know, all of that, that, that accompanies it. Um, and then when we see it in, uh, in our culture, the political climate right now, you know, everybody's drawing those lines, of what's acceptable and what's not. Um, and Christians, you know, pro, you know, self-proclaimed Christians drawing those lines in certain ways. Um, it's just insanity. So how, how do we, you know, if, if holiness is, you know, being set apart 
And if holiness is also kind of that brilliance that, you know, shining forth the glory of God, how do we do that? You know, in, in our current climate, you know, that's, that's where, where I wrestle. Um, don't we have a checklist for that? I mean, <laughs> yeah. sorry. I, th- I think we do more work, more with missions work now. No, that's that's the question I struggle with. There, I mean, I've had conversations with other people. Um, I don't, and this is just speaking for myself, I st- don't struggle as much with when I... I'm trying to figure out the right way to articulate this because I'll, I can say what I'm thinking and it won't be the right way, but maybe if I just say it, you'll kind of understand. I can be disappointed by people and 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 be okay with that when it's people within the walls of our church that disappoint you with what they're saying and doing and what how that reflects on what's in their hearts. That's the stuff I struggle with. You know, it's you know the what's the line from. Washington, you know, are these the people I'm to defend America with? It's kind of the same. Are these the people we're supposed to build the church with? Because I'm hearing some things that shock me sometimes within the walls of our church from people that, you know, are members of our church and attend regularly. So, yeah, how do we do that? How do do we love people? How do we love each other? (laughs) I struggle with that one still a lot. It, that's why this this Christianity stuff's not for, you know, the faint of heart. You know? It's not for wimps. Um, yeah, yeah, we're tough. But you know, I, I I constantly go back to Chesterton. You know, um, it's not that Christianity has been tried and found wanting. It's that it's been uh, found difficult and left untried. Um, but I think that's where we're at. You know, failure, the role that failure plays. Um, we fail at this living out this Christianity stuff. We fail as a church. We fail as individuals, but that's the whole story of Christianity. You know, the redemption of an epic cosmic failure of love. Um, so I, I find comfort in that. Yeah, and, and, you know, Nehemiah point, as we talked about a couple of weeks ago, that just that inefficiency, the inefficiency of God's, God's work through us. Um, I, I always think about going on these week long mission trips, taking a youth group down to, you know, work on somebody's house and you have a bunch of high school age kids painting a house and more paints on them than is on the house. And it takes, you know, four days to do what a professional could do in an afternoon. Um, but that's the nature of kingdom work. And, and it's not about the, the actual painting, you know, it's about the relationship. So I take comfort in all of that. Any other thoughts, comments? Well, let us know what your thoughts are, your questions, your concerns, your needs, the way that God is moving in you, with you, through you this week, whether it relates to Nehemiah or anything else that we've discussed on the podcast. You can find us on social media at Ozark UMC on Facebook and Twitter. You can email us at podcast at ozarkumc.org. If you don't want to post your stuff on social media for all the world to see, you could just send an email and uh, and we don't have to say, you know, we don't have to read your name. We don't have to say so-and-so thought this or ask this question. You can ask questions and we don't have to embarrass you if you feel like it's something that, because we do that. We all do that. I'm not going to ask that question because they all know the answer and they'll think I'm stupid for asking it. But, you know, ask the questions. There's no, there are no stupid questions. We've all heard it. 
whether we believe it or not, it's a different thing, but <laughs> we've heard it. So ask your questions. So let's talk a little bit about what's coming up this Sunday. Uh, well, let's let's talk about Saturday first. Jacob, you got a big Saturday coming up. Tell us a little bit about oh, yeah. your journey, the process, how you got to here. Yeah, so Saturday is kind of the culmination of my spiritual journey to this point, at least in, in some ways, at least a part of it. Uh, so Saturday, I'll be ordained as a, an elder in the United Methodist Church. Um, uh, I don't know how deep to get into this. You can go on, on and on, but you know, it, it's a long journey. Uh, for me, it was about an eight year journey. It's about, you know, usually takes somewhere along those lines to, to get there. And it's eight years of schooling and interviews and paper writing and, um, examination and all of this. And, um, it's kind of grueling, but definitely worth it. Um, but yeah, so I'll be ordained as a, as an elder in, in the United Methodist church, which is, is a big deal. Um, it's, it's, you know, it's a sign it's acknowledging, um, God's calling on my life and to have, you know, people I know and love and respect, um, holy people that I know and love and respect, um, affirm that in me is, um, it's a big thing. Um, so yeah, that, it'll be exciting. That's on Saturday. Um, of course, it's there's not going to be a big crowd because of restrictions in place with the pandemic and whatnot, but we are going to do a uh, watch party on Zoom. So if you are available on Saturday afternoon uh, at 2 o'clock, uh, you'll get in, there's information in the e-newsletter that went out today. I'm sure it'll go out again on, Friday, or on, uh, excuse me, on Sunday as well. Um, of course, by then it'll be too late. So check today's e-newsletter. Make sure you check your inbox or call the church office if you need more information. Tracy can get that to you. So with that going on, you are not going to be preaching this Sunday. Instead, Mike is going to be handling the service on Sunday. Mike, tell us, give us kind of a a, a tease of what we could expect on Sunday. What's the sermon about this week? So this uh, this week's sermon is it's going to be a time to really launch a lot with student ministries um, at the church, um, giving the the vision and the mission and the direction for the ministry for the upcoming year and going into next year of what we hope to accomplish and what we believe that God has placed on the hearts of the people in the ministry and of the church. Um, because this is not just something that is being birthed out of myself or people that have already existedly, you know, serving in the ministry, but from conversations with people in the church, even hearing them, you know what I mean? And what God has laid on their heart, you know what I mean? And that God has, God's doing something in our midst and he wants something to happen. And so we're going to be unpacking that this Sunday, um, name of the sermon is uh, The Mission and the Dream. So it goes hand in hand, um, you know, with what Pastor Jacob was going through with Nehemiah and really just the, you know, there's a dream and now we've got a mission to go on um, to achieve that dream. And just taking us through the steps of that. And this is not going to be. Uh, a mission and vision thing of these are the programs we're going to do for student ministries for birth through 18. It's, it has nothing to do with programs. Right. So it is all about 
the reason why we exist, the being, not as doing, but the being of, of what we are. Um, and then, and how that gets played out through a process with our students. That's good. That's something that everybody's going to want to be a part of, whether you have a student, whether you are a student or not, because um, we all know a lot of students in our church. So that's something you want to be a part of. There are different ways to uh, actively participate in worship this week. You can attend in, uh, in person uh, at 8.30 and 11 o'clock. If you're still not comfortable doing that, and there's a lot of folks that are not, or if you're not able to do that, if you're homebound, if you don't live in the area, but you have kind of latched onto the podcast and the live streams, um, we will be live streaming the 830 service as well. Uh, that'll be on our Facebook page and on our YouTube channel. And then you know, it's live at 830 and then it's there from now on. So at any point, if you can't, you know, you're not available, you're not able to be there at 830, um, you can catch that at any time. You can go in and start it at any point and, and check it out anytime. Um, so we've got that going on this week. And then next week's going to be a little bit different as well. We've got uh, the youth will be leading. There'll be one service next week. And we'll talk more about that as we get a little closer to that. Did you have something you wanted to add to this week's service? Or? No, that was it. That was it. Just kind of building off of what Mike's laying down this week. Um, yeah, you Sunday. It's almost like there's a plan. It's almost like we were talking about Nehemiah and the building and the vision and the dreaming. And then we actually talk about what that means to our church. And then we actually have the youth come up there and do it. It's crazy. It's almost like there's a plan in place. Crazy. I agree. Well, if you're not worshiping in person or online live with us for the live stream, you can catch again the recorded live service later in the day on Sunday uh, on the Ozark United Methodist Church YouTube channel, on the Facebook page, on our website at ozarkumc.org. Uh, if you're subscribed to our podcast like this one, you'll be notified in your podcast player when the sermon uh, podcast is available to listen to as well. So you can catch that on Sunday also. In whatever form it takes, wherever you are, whatever your situation, we absolutely look forward to worshiping with you this Sunday. What else? Is there anything else before we wrap this one up, guys? Anything we're leaving on the table? Or? I think we covered the most of it. <laughs> I think so. We're recording this on the night before public school starts in Ozark, so I know that's something that's been on our hearts and minds and in our prayers um, all month long when we did the prayer walk a couple weeks ago. And I know if there are teachers who've been putting in the hours uh, this month, there are parents who've been both looking forward to and probably dreading a little bit this, this evening and tomorrow as well. So our thoughts and prayers continue to go out to our community, especially to uh, our teachers, the school staffs, bus drivers, custodians, lunch folks, administration, school board, parents, grandparents, parents who are sending their kids to school, grandparents who are taking care of kids who are not going back to school, whatever the situation you find yourself in, it's we know there's anxiety and tension. And so uh, it's certainly our prayer that uh, the peace of Christ will be with everyone this week, um, wherever you find yourself in that. But for Mike and for Brad and for Jacob, again, uh, my name is Joey Mills. May the peace of Christ be with you this week.